On this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we talk about the new pimento cheese Cajun filet biscuit, our thoughts on Baltimore, and our very special guest, Eric Line with 1812 Barbecue. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Busted Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, but most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's Democratic National Convention spokesperson, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one, it's Mojo! Just like the Democratic debate last night, this show Mm -hmm. is free. Today only. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, th- appreciate you guys tuning in as always. You can go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. You can find our playable links there, um, any show notes we have as far as our guest, um, sponsorships. You can check those links out. Brian, producer Brian has been doing a great job of putting our show notes in, a lot better than we did our previous 90-something mm-hmm. episodes. How about you? Uh, you can check us out on the Facebooks at Southern Fry Philosophy. You can also check us out on SFP Radio at Twitter's and Instagram. Our Patreon link, uh, patreon.com forward slash SFP radio. Also, wherever you download your podcast, if it's Google Play, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podcoin, which is a new one we're kind of digging right now, and a few others, just go there and look for Southern Fry Philosophy. Um, just hit the heart, the subscribe, the like, whatever you like, whatever you got to do there to just get our weekly uploads. We usually upload on Mondays. Um, you get fresh content in your uh, podcast uh, app there and yeah just you can take take a listen there and kind of go from there yeah uh mojo mentioned our patreon link uh guys we appreciate you listening to us um as i've mentioned several times on the show it is free to you to listen to but it's not free to us we have expenses that we occur to bring you this content however to make the show better to increase the content have better guests and frequency, we need your help. That's where we'll po- point you to our Patreon link on our website, southernfriedphilosophy.com. There you're going to find three levels that you can help the show with. The life, liberty, or the pursuit of gravy. Each one of you, those gets you special access to the SFP Insider Facebook page. Uh, a new show that we're going to start called SFP After Dark. And any other merch that we have, hats, t-shirts, Magnets, coasters, what have you. Not to be confused with Cinemax after dark. Well, Remember maybe. That? It depends. <laughs> it depends. So we need your help. Go to southernfriedphilosophy.com and you can join the SFP family and become an SFP insider. If you would also like to hang out with us at the studio, shoot us an email at sfpradio at gmail.com. And you yourself could be sitting in the Bad Mother Smokers smoking hot seats. Also, if you would like, for our listeners only, you can download the State's Vegas app free. Use promo code MOJO, and you can listen to us on that app uh, Monday at 6 p.m. and Friday at 4 p.m. In studio with us today, we have Mr. Wizard Childers. Hey, guys. Uh, we will be having our special guest, Eric from 1812 Barbecue, and Jonathan maybe making his way into the studio at some point. Yeah, he's about to be a married man. So by the time you get this episode Monday, he will mm-hmm. have tied the knot and be on the, his honeymoon. How about you? 
I'm How nervous for him. That Kentucky chew. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Life is short. Let's have fun. So. <laughs> I've got a new event. I want you to go ahead and put this down on your calendar. November 4th, but sorry, September 4th, we will be at the Hunter House and Garden uh, in Huntersville. Our special guest will be Matthew Doherty. He's the Atlantic 10 Conference Commissioner. We're going to be hanging out with Leon from, uh, from Watchman Cigars, and it's going to be our first mobile. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Outside, outside should be interesting. Studio. Yeah, um, yeah. Why did you tell me November fourth? I I said November fourth, but it's, really it's September fourth. So maybe you just didn't want me to show up. Which, no, you know, it's that's on your calendar. That's pretty common. I was an idiot okay. and just said November for some reason. Well, no, that's just pretty common. I usually get invited to things, but it's usually a day later, <laughs> dollar short. So a lot, a lot of times oh, people. I could have swore yeah. I told you. Yeah. Listen, if you're late to this, it's I'm going to be late to it because I we're on the same calendar invite. <laughs> that's so right. there's that. Uh, I got a podcast question for us. Ask us anything uh, was the podcast question of the week. And John Harris, one of our friends, asked us about the Confederate flag. What are our thoughts about it? And should Mississippi get get the uh, Confederate flag away? Um, okay, well, little little context. My my family, um, born and bred here in the South, uh, from South Carolina. My great 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 grandfather actually fought for the Thirteenth uh, Regiment of the Confederacy um, in South Carolina, from out of Greenville, and. Um, I have no opinion of the flag really because mm-hmm. it to me it's just it's just a flag. I mean it's just a, a banner. It doesn't represent me. You know, I, I know a lot of people in the argument of um, heritage versus hate and stuff like that. As far as as far as a flag, it 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 doesn't represent me. It doesn't represent mm. anything. I think there's a lot of baggage with that flag also. Yeah. Um I think that you know when we had Derek Grayson on um out of, from Georgia talking about if you're going to ha- fly that flag, and he has no problem with anybody flying the flag, right. um, you need to you need to know the 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 whole baggage that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And after after reading, Derek Grayson is um, a liber- has been a libertarian candidate for uh, uh, like state house or state senate in Georgia several times. So um, he's a black gentleman. So I appreciate it. I, I value his opinion, mm-hmm. his commentary. And once I read an article on uh, he wrote about the Confederacy or Confederate flag as far as um, people's opinions behind it, I really kind of changed my stance. And this mm-hmm. is something that just happened a few years ago. Yeah, you know, um, never. I would never fly one just because it's just not me. I don't. I don't. I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to dress up in a Confederate speedo and go to the beach or wear you <laughs> Thank know. Goodness, you know, wear one of these uh, these colors don't run T-shirts. Or, mm-hmm. I, that's just not me. I'm not one of those guys. That wear, I mean, I wear, I, I wear a black T-shirt every day and a pair of jeans, and that's just my, who I am. That's you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I respect I respect uh, the people that in their free speech and their ability to, to fly that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there's a place and time for it. I do believe that it can be considered a symbol of hate for some people, but we're so far removed from that also yeah. that we none of us have the direct impact. We all have a lineage and direct impact. I mean, my great-great-grandfather was not some land-bearing plantation holder in the South. He was just a, a schmuck that, you know, <laughs> lived in a dirt, a dirt floor house and mm-hmm. was a farmer, you know, for someone else. So... Mm-hmm. We have no direct ties to anything that involved with the Confederacy. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of it flying on state grounds mm. um, or county grounds or city grounds because I think that's, that can be very polarizing. I don't have any problem with the monuments. I think that um, 
you are you can't honor your dead in a respectful way. Not mm. saying that you know these these rebels or whatever. I mean, you're, you're these are still citizens of a country, right? And I, I yeah. believe you can. The, the, everyone's not a terrorist. Everyone's not a um, you know can be aligned with the policies. So I have to. I mean, most of these guys that enlisted in the Confederacy had no clue who Andrew Johnson was or what the New South was. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, these guys were just uneducated. Plowboys. I sure. Mean, so yeah, that's a good point. So you know you can't associate with guilt there. Um, as far as like the miss, I think yeah, I think part of his question was also the Mississippi flag mm-hmm. has, still has the rebel uh, stars and bars on it, whatever. Um, I mean, it's been the flag there for that long. Um, I, I don't know. These things aren't triggers for me, mm-hmm. so I really don't have a dog in this fight. Um, but I think if we going if we're going to look at flags and just and and ban these things for um, hurtful feelings, whatever, then you know we're going. That's kind of a, we always talk about slippery slopes. Yeah, I think that could possibly could be a slippery slope because how many other flags um, out there that may offend people or trigger them? I mean, yeah. look at the LGBTQ flag, and that may trigger people. Look at the La Raza, which is the uh, which which literally means the race. It's a Me- Mexican pride um, organization. They have a La Raza flag. Look mm-hmm. at the Black Power flag. Look mm-hmm. at POW flag. That may yeah. that may trigger people that are you know maybe immigrants from Vietnam or I mean who knows yeah. you know so this yeah. is really a slippery slope where we can start diving down into things. It's just it, what it does it, it, things that does irritate me is when people either a they take like the Confederate run, flag and run with it. You know, they hang at their house, they run down the street in their, oh, yeah. you know, their SUV. I mean, you can do what you want, but I mean, that's not the extension of love. Right. That's not the yeah. extension that love, we love thy neighbor, because those are things that can be misconstrued. Yeah. And and part of it could be, you know, digging your thumb into that wound when you intentionally are, are running that flag, like you say, and you, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Like, you know that you're, you're causing people to, to have triggers or you're, you're just making them mad or angry. And I agree on 100%. If it's not out of love, then. Yeah. And, and, you know, as far as digging a wound, I, I don't know what wounds we would have. We're, you know, now 150 plus years move, removed from the mm-hmm. end of slavery. You know, what, what, what direct wounds do we have? I mean, that would be like me saying, I mean, my family was an Irish Im- immigrants here. We were brought over here for servitude due to, you know, a debt and, and accumulated in Ireland. So should I, should, should the, you know, um, the British flag, UK flag, should that trigger me? No, and, and I, mean, I, I understand that point. I'm just saying like, you know, you're, you're flying it because you yourself are racist and you're putting in like, hey, I'm 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 doing this because I know it's going to make people mad. I think there's some people that do that, but also, you know, in, in the motorcycle community, the especially in this area, um, Confederate flag is a is a symbol. And, the, and, you know, just also just like the SS lightning bolts and that mm. doesn't people that wear SS lightning bolts doesn't necessarily mean they're avid Nazis. SS SS lightning bolts were traditionally have been in the motorcycle world. They, there's something that the GIs brought back and were putting on their mm. motorcycles in the 50s. Didn't mean they were Nazis. Hell, they fought against Nazism. Yeah. So huh. it has nothing to do with it. So the Confederate flag to a lot of people has no has no meaning of of. A lot, there's honestly, there's some people out there. Yeah, it is a racist symbol. Those yeah. guys carry tiki torches and you know and do <laughs> ludicrous yeah. you know marches and things like that. Right. And then there's other people that have no clue of the history 
that are just genuinely genuinely proud to be Southern, mm-hmm. genuinely proud that they can cook fried green tomatoes and skin a raccoon. I mean, they, yeah, these but are, you don't need to hang the flag just because of that anyway. But I mean, no, we, I mean, I, I, I agree. You don't yeah. need to, but if people want to use it for decor, have at it. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to hurt my feelings. I just, right? I feel bad about the general Lee. Like, how does he stand on it? That's what I was going to say is like the, the, we lost Dukes of Hazard because of yeah. this, <laughs> right? They like, yeah. pretty much wiped it off the map. Right. And I, look, Sorry, I, I, th- I think, and also when you have to start, but also general, you know, Dukes of Hazard also lost its show, its syndication on TV. Yeah, you I think that's what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. Well, I just thought, I thought you were talking about the car because, you well, know, Bubba the, Watson, yeah. a famous famous golfer, actually had one of the original General Lees and actually painted over the Rebel flag oh, d- wow. during during this whole uh, tear it down uh, monument hmm. fiasco we had. Um, I think. Yeah. I want to put a sticker over it. Yeah, I mean, before long, we're going to be watching the History Channel. Anytime the Nazi flag comes up, they're going to be like little pixelated, you know, <laughs> screenshots over these flags and stuff like that. I mean, it's just. Uh, yeah, it just right. it, it's just it's beating a horse, dead horse, man. <laughs> I'm going to go something that's almost as equally offensive or challenging. Um, Melissa asks us, "What's going on with this pear salad in the South?" Now, this is this is called Great Divide. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, maybe you've more- got the Confederate flag and the pear salad. Uh, the pear salad is has, <laughs> the pear salad has caused many a fights at a, a family sure reunion. Has. So, so Melissa asked, "What's up with this pear salad?" Now, pear salad for those out there um, who you know, for like John, who asked the Confederate question, he's, he lives yeah. in Scotland. So, yeah, you, you may not know what a pear salad. Yeah. Yes. So uh, this is for all our international listeners and anyone that is not. <laughs> Wait, chill, you don't know? I have no idea what you're talking All right. About. So it's uh, so a pear salad. If you're so if you're born anywhere uh, west of the Mississippi River or north of the uh, Mason-Dixon line and outside the the 48 United States or 48 states of the United States. Where are you from? I'm from here. And you never heard of it? I don't. Right. I mean, is it? I mean, you talking like the pear thing with like the pecans in it? No. What's a pear salad? All right. So pear salad. Pear salad is a. Uh, it is. Well, I wouldn't call it an hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> but it is usually served um, at like family functions, mm-hmm. uh, potlucks, church uh, gatherings, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. It's just a simple kind of a dessert, kind of a unique dessert, I would say. Yeah. yeah um, sure. It's not really. A, it's not really an entree. It's really not a savory item. It's kind of more of a dessert item, I would say. It's like a, uh, an a appetizer, a dessert appetizer, maybe. Dessertitizer. Like yeah. you put it, you eat it with your meal, but it's kind mm. of on the side yeah. a little bit. But see, that's what we do. You know, when we get, it's a little when sweet. We, you know, when we have these family hookups, you know, these family reunions, these church gatherings, yeah. these potlucks, you, you get a plate. It's usually a chinette oval, mm-hmm. three compartment or flat. I like, I like those. And you load this plate up with sure. just copious amounts of food that you're instantly, instantly going to regret 15 minutes All later. All right. So what's the pear salad? All right. So pear salad, usually one of these items could be a pear salad. Now, mm-hmm. pear, pear salad, to properly make it, you got to get, um, a cheap quality um, in the can pear. Libby's. Libby's. Would be a good option. Libby's. Dole's like going high class. Mm-hmm. But usually, if you get the grocery store brand, you're mm-hmm. all right. But so you have these. Um, uh, these stripped down pears that are um, in simple syrup in a mm-hmm. can. So you have these pear halves. They're missing the skin. They have no seeds or cord. So you have this looks like a, if you're, if anyone's ever seen an avocado, mm-hmm. you take the avocado with the seed out. So you have this what's basically the same shape as a pear. Yeah. So anyway, you put a dollop of mayonnaise. 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 It pref- preferably Dukes. Of course. Because, you know, I mean, anything else, you really just 
pissing in the wind. Um, you do shredded cheese. It has to be sharp mm-hmm. cheddar. Pref- yep. And also you can actually add extra sharp cheddar, mm-hmm. which is also the New York cheddar cheese. Mm-hmm. And then usually a maraschino cherry. Yeah. And it's quite delicious. It's actually not a bad thing. That's kind of that's that the uh, acidity of the pear. Mm-hmm. You had the fat from the mayonnaise and mm-hmm. the cheese. And then that kind of that, that a marchino just yeah, yeah. And the marchino cherry kind of rounds it off. So it's yeah. actually a really good item. Yeah, I, I I don't see them a lot anymore just because it's one of those old items. It's kind mm-hmm. of like deviled eggs. Oh yeah, and um, yeah, you like deviled eggs? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of deviled eggs, but they got to be made right, and they can't be sitting at the uh, picnic for hours. And and you and I have talked about this. The the deviled eggs, it's for me, has to have the pickles. I can't stand. You it. hate no, the pickles. I can't, I can't do it. Like in, like mixed in. Yeah, you have to have relish. Uh, relish. Eh, no, I don't need to have that. Oh God! I can see. I can't do bread and butter. Oh, I don't I like love sweet, bread and sweet butter. Pickle. I can't, what? I can't stand sweet pickles. Are you oh, thank kidding you, me? Thank no, you. They're gross. Mm. Ooh, I, I'd rather lick the bottom of your shoe than eat a bread and butter pickle. <laughs> it's just gross. But um, yeah, well, speaking of deviled eggs, uh-huh. I mean deviled eggs. I, I like. Yeah, see, I like the when the, when I do deviled eggs, I like a lot of dry mustard powder. Am mm. I am I uh, the yellow yolk mix? Just I like that mm. kind of sharpness you get, the spiciness you get from dry mustard. I really like that. A little dill in there is good too. Also, if you yeah. if you change it up, use a little smoked paprika. Ooh. Yeah, I, it almost sounds like you two might need your own show. I'm just hey. saying. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. What do you know? um, the well, food confederacy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this has been a long intro, but I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo. I be darned. Life is good. Yeah. Yeah, life is good. I, I have no complaints. Uh, nothing really interesting I can think of, except, well, we did have a, um, a moving truck, um, a full 18-wheeler wheeler pull into our neighborhood today with no cul-de-sac to turn around. And so, I, luckily, I pulled in and had to help the guy back out. Um, wow. I had a couple neighbors move cars, so we could actually back it out into the driveway. Wow. And, of course, you know, some of the little biddies, the neighbors out there, because you, if you ever live in a HOA, a homeowner, you know, for our international listeners you know, here, in the, here in the States, I'm sure in some other countries too, you have homeowners associations where you basically have these little neighborhoods or a, a commune where people have like a little mini, mini uh, uh, not really a republic like our United States, but a democracy. It's really not even a democracy. It's more, like a, di- it's more like a dictatorship, <laughs> mm-hmm, really. Sure. And it's like um, Hitler yeah, and Stalin combined. You have voted leaders, and they, they come up with stupid rules like, you know, make sure you don't have any grass in your cracks and mm-hmm. things like that. To be uh, to be clear, we're talking about our sidewalks yeah, and driveways. Well, actually, I'll tell you about it that later. Oh, boy. Um, so anyway, so there, I, me and another guy were out there helping the driver trying to back out while other neighbors were out there waiting for him to like run on the curb in their grass, mm. hit the sign. I mean, come on, people. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm sure you've had a bad day at work where you would love maybe someone to step in and be sure. like, you know, hey, I got Not you, buddy. Help. Yeah. No, these people are out there with their phones, videotaping <laughs> this guy, yelling Just at him. For a lawsuit, yeah, like yelling right? at him. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, but besides that, that's the only really fun, adventurous thing I've had. My girls are in Atlanta today. Which oh, how is, about you? Yeah, so I'm batching it for a couple of days. So. Mm, but besides that, yeah, good. How you be doing? I'm good. Uh, one interesting story, the, the worst 18-wheeler issue that I've ever seen. My wife, family, the in-laws, we always, every year we go trout fishing, and there's this 
two lane, one and a half lane road, and it winds around, and it's in South Georgia, Northern Georgia. Um, you've been to Clayton, Georgia. Oh yeah. And so you know the windy road. Oh, yeah. This is a gravel windy road brought to you by the state. Like it's just for trout fishing, camping, those type of things. Well, we were <laughs> we were coming back one day, and we saw this eighteen wheeler mm. just stuck probably about three or four miles in and he realized oh, this is not the place I need to, to go. So he's trying to back out this windy road three or four miles. I mean, I feel God bless a bear. Yeah. He was in trouble. I've, uh, we, we've seen things like that before, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, um, especially here in uh, part of North Carolina where we're at, you know, you have roads called the dragon or the tell, mm-hmm. uh, tell the dragon, things like that. These are like, you know, maybe a seven mile stretch with 113 curve, yeah. 113 curves, 114 curves in it. And, you know, we've been on these things before motorcycle rides where you have a transfer truck who, you know, there's just not enough. Yeah diameter and turning radius yeah. to actually cross these curves and they've dumped their trailers down the side of the hills. We've seen that yeah. before. And, um, yeah, I'd, so I can't imagine, I'd, I'd hate, I would hate to be that guy's underwear sure. backing out, you know, a gravel road. I mean, and all seriousness. Just to give some perception, like it's hard for my father-in-law's big dually truck to get through mm. much less this 18 wheeler. So I thought that was when you had to get a, either have to cut that tra- uh, trailer up in pieces or get a Chinook hel- helicopter to airlift that thing out of there. Sure. So how you be doing? Hey, uh, just ask Brian how he's doing. How you be doing? Well, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm, just, I'm excited for our guests. Actually. Yeah, me too. Right. <laughs> our guest is Eric from 1812 Barbecue, so he'll be he'll be coming on, hopefully bringing some food, so I'm excited about that. Uh, for me, can I tell you, my life has been utterly changed. Was it, is it a new love? It a is new a new car? No, uh, no, car. no. We have mentioned on the show how much we love Bojangles biscuits. Mm. We love Bojangles biscuits. Out of all, out of most of the fast food, out of all the fast oh. food chains, this one has its. It, it basically has a thing down. I don't. I don't know if they look at retirement communities and hire the most elderly hands they can. Mm-hmm. But For they, the it, love. yeah. Well, if you can't get in as a Walmart greeter, you go make biscuits oh. the other way around. Or I think it's the, the other biscuit way around. Rejects, it's, it's, yeah, the biscuit rejects go, are going to Walmart. Stand mm. at Walmart. Yeah. Okay. Um, but they do, and I'll even argue, they probably do some of the better biscuits anywhere, yeah. not just like fast yeah, food. Anyway. I agree. But they have a Cajun filet biscuit, which is a chicken filet. It's a, it's a little bit spicy, so it's not like your traditional Chick-fil-A. It's a little bit spicy. But gentlemen, let me tell you, They've added pimento cheese mm. to said uh, biscuit and chicken, chicken filet. That is, uh, I think producer Brian was asking, I wonder what the calorie count on that pan <laughs> you don't, is. You don't know. You just go for it. If you have to ask, you, yeah. you just don't and even we'll, go. We'll talk about uh, people eating. I wonder, how oh. a, I wonder how a Bojangles biscuit would be topped with pimento cheese and a Krispy Kreme donut. I'm just throwing that out there. Hey, buddy. Um, I'm telling you, this is a game changer. It is a life changer. And evidently, you can put pimento cheese on anything for 69 cents. Oh. Mm. And it's good. It's good pimento cheese. I bet some boat rounds with pimento cheese. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oh, like the dirty rice or something like Mm. that. See, I like Mm. a cheeseburger with pimento pimento cheese. I'm I'm also picky about my pimento cheese also. It's kind of like the deviled eggs. It's good pimento cheese. It is big and approved. See, I'm not a big fan of pimento cheese that mm-hmm. has pimentos in it. I didn't see pimentos. See, I like, I like, see, I, when I make my own pimento cheese at home, I actually take 
red peppers, fire roast them. Oh, buddy. Then take all the peeling off and then chop them up and then add the cheese and mayonnaise and Come stuff. Come on with it. But yeah, I, I don't like pimentos. They're kind of kind of sweet, a little mm. sweeter for me than like a jalapeno pimento cheese is good. Yeah. Yeah, I like I'm, that. I'll get on board with that. I like a I like a ba- see, I like a bacon jalapeno pimento cheese. That's some good stuff too. Mm. All right, so let's go into some wacky news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue, our new sponsor. We were very excited to have them on the show for tonight. So you're going to learn more about 1812 here in just a minute. Um, So let me tell you uh, the most ridiculous um, study that's ever been done on the face of the earth. Here's the title. Overweight people really do enjoy eating their food more than other adults. A no, study finds. No crap, Sherlock. I could have told you this for a dollar fifty and given you the same results. There's there's never been a time where I have eaten or asked for dessert because I was full. I got dessert because I wanted dessert. Mm. Right? You were sitting in misery. Sure. I've done it before. And just enjoy it and be okay with it. Like last week when we went to Krispy Kreme, I ate a full dozen by myself in the parking lot. <laughs> and I would, and I hated myself, but then I felt good about myself afterwards, too. So. Sure. You have that little sense mm. of pride. Uh, food tastes better to fat people, and it may be fueling the obesity crisis. The research suggests the key factor in overeating is that people like to eat, and they like the pleasure of food. Well done. Who's this? The study was provided by uh, 1-800-JENNY-CRAIG, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Iowa University oh. uh, did a study, and they've, they, got, they got some Big Mama What Whats and some uh, Ada Moon Pies and some Fat Five Fat sorority and fraternity folks, and they gave them this disclaimer. We want you to eat as much chocolate as you want and just rate on a scale of 1 to 10 how much you enjoy it. Mm. Uh, the participants... Uh, ate between two and 51 pieces of chocolate. The, the bigger, how, many, how many participants were in this study? Oh, let me... Uh, 290. That's a lot of chocolate. There's only 287 there. left alive. <laughs> <laughs> the researchers found that the people that were bigger uh, ate more food, ate more of the chocolate, and it took them longer to say, mm, I don't want to eat any more of this chocolate. Well, duh. I mean, guys, that's just kind of normal, right? Is that not just common sense? How, mu- how many tax dollars went to this study, I wonder? There's no telling. No telling. It's like the study of, like, the sexual habits of rats in Baltimore. Or know? or what you've said. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that one later. But it, you, you said before that the government does a study of the consistency of ketchup. Of ketchup. Yeah. Like, it is just as pointless, this study, as the ketchup study. Fat people like to eat. How about? Oh, uh, wow. Didn't see that coming. Uh, hmm. Breaking news. Yeah. I mean, guys, eating food is just fun. It's a, it's a sport. It's a hobby. <laughs> Especially as many, bu- as many buffets we have around here, you'd think it would be. <laughs> sure. I'm not sure they took the right medium for that, like chocolate. For me, I, just, I mean, I eat a little bit of chocolate. I'm yeah, not going yeah. to eat a 50 pieces of chocolate. But you put a couple of like just boxes of New York style pizza mm-hmm. or something. Or know, cheeseburgers. Or cheeseburgers dog, or yeah. pimento cheese, Cajun filet biscuits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. I'll eat those until Oh, Krispy Kreme, yeah. Or Krispy yeah. Kreme. I just don't understand the study. I mean, could have told you that. Well, thanks for uh, pissing away uh, one point five million dollars on that study. Because I'm sure, I'm sure that, that I'm sure there was a tune of a big bucks there. That's what we need to do: is come up with our own study, something that's totally stupid, get paid for it, have a thousand bucks in it, and 
write a paper. I think we there should you. do that. Um, well, here's an update to a story that we brought to you earlier. The mystery of the In-N-Out Burger has been solved. So last week we mm-hmm. had the uh, a perfectly wrapped uh, In-N-Out Burger was found in Brooklyn, I guess. Uh, Queens. Queens, okay. Yep. And, uh, you know, the closest In-N-Out Burger is like 23,000 miles away from there. So it was kind of a, you know, kind of an oddball. This burger stuck in a food desert. So there you go. Yep. Uh, it turns out that a 16-year-old teenager named Helen Vivas uh, DM'd the couple who found the original burger and said that it's actually mine. You may not believe it, but she was flying from San Diego, coming home to New York. She got four of the said burgers. She had it on a bag. She had, she told the people uh, in and out, hey, I'm flying across country. How can I keep this the best way preserved? They said, don't put the sauce on it. That'll keep it, the bun in a more pristine thing. And they gave her a side of, of the, the sauce and then you can eat it. So she put it on her lap while she flew all the way over. She was, she had it on a bag <clears throat> while well, she was late for her bus. So she was running and evidently the bag broke Dropped one of the burgers. She picked up the others, didn't get that one, and then got on the bus and realized she is missing a burger. Ooh. So that's how the burger ended up in Queens. You look puzzled. I have a, I have a very serious question. How sure. do you get an In-N-Out burger through the TSA line? Oh. Is this like... A, because you can't bring your own food you can't bring and drink, your own right? food. You can't. Because it might on, be I'm, a C4 burger or something. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've been, on, I've been on flights before where people brought their own food. But it, they bought it from inside of the little... But is it inside out? I actually have a... Oh, there could have been. Could have been a kiosk. There in could have been a kiosk. In the airport? Yeah. In yeah San, there's, there's, you're going to San Diego. You can tell us if you fly in if there's an In-N-Out oh, I'll, burger. I'll, I'll, actually, Diego. I'll tell you how. There's not one San in the Diego. San Francisco airport. I've. Mm. Oh, I'm so kinda, that's yeah, how it happened. Kind of curious about that. Yeah, it wasn't a time traveler. I was really hoping it was. The we time were traveler. way off, and it wasn't a pop up restaurant either. Coming, to that, I thought so. Nope. But man, um, coincidentally, uh, New York City cops will be now pressing charges for littering <laughs> to the young lady. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, so let's go into some hot topics. Brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a fantastic cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. You can email them at Watchman underscore Cigars nineteen eleven at yahoo dot com, and you yourself can have a Watchman cigar. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. All right, so let's head into this. And again, keep in mind that these are just our opinions. Sometimes I agree with you. Sometimes I don't. But let's go ahead and talk. All right, so hot topics. We'll go ahead and bring in our guest also with uh, Eric Line. He's with 1812 Barbecue, one of our new sponsors. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to do some hot topics. And he's going to make chime in. So if you hear a fourth or fifth voice, it's not your uh, Zoloft uh, wearing off. It's actually our guest speaking, too. So, <laughs> yeah, there we go. There you go. Um, <clears throat> so you wanted to talk about uh, Trump, I guess, and the racist Baltimore well, well, that, tweet. That seemed to be the uh, highlight for, Good for, for what, 48 hours. 72 hours, I guess. Um, Can't stop, won't stop. <clears throat> so, yeah, so we had some tweets um, from uh, uh, Trump about uh, basically Baltimore being rat, uh, rat infested. I don't have those tweets in front of me. I'm trying to get them. All right. So it says uh, Cummings District is disgusting, rat infested, rat and rodent infested mess. He spent If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place, end quote, from Donald J. Trump. Well, what's your opinion on this? 
Uh, I don't think that any of it is racist. I don't see anything in there where it talks about because you are of a different race that that's why. I don't think you referred to the people from Baltimore as rats either. Right. Yeah. It was just saying that it's rat infested and rodent infested mess. Uh, I think it's also interesting to note that they government, while Obama was in office, gave them $16 billion. Mm -hmm. Where did that go? Because it's not helping the city. Well, they uh, they did implement a new um, river walk in Baltimore, um, which looks like another previous comment from his tweet, an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Was it million or billion? Billion. I'm pretty sure it's billion. What can you get for a million dollars from the government now anyway? You know, I mean, it's got to yeah. be in the bees now. Yeah. So to me, I don't think that it was racist. I don't understand how that became a, a racist comment. It, it was just saying that you did a bad job. If you are a CEO, if you are a football coach, if you are an employee and you do a horrible job for so you know so long, eventually what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You're going to get canned, right? Um, that doesn't seem to be the case with uh, Mr. Cummings. So I don't I, – I stand behind the president's tweet and the fact that it is pretty It is pretty nasty. In fact, there was an interview that they were doing in Baltimore. Right. I don't know if you saw that saw or not, that. where the news you reporter – You could not write a better script. <laughs> the news reporter was doing a story about how bad it a was. Li- a live. A live yeah. story. With trash in the background, and while there was trash in the background, the rat came out from behind the trash. You're like, well, there, there you go. So I, I don't, I don't see where that's racist. And quite frankly, it's just getting old to me. Just the whole racist. You're a racist because I disagree with you. I don't agree with that piece. What Eric? say you? Well, I, I completely agree with it. I mean, it's you know, you've got other. Uh, uh, Representative Cummings himself said the same stuff about it 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, you've got other, the mayor was doing an interview, interview on site and she said, we need to burn this place down and start over again. Something to that effect. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's just another ploy. All right. First off, uh, so we have five sitting in the studio right now. Jonathan, also our bourbon trail buddy, is with us. I feel uh, like he was asleep for the past 10 minutes. Look at him. Well, he, he is <laughs> getting ready to um, tie the knot Tie the knot it's on the Saturday. So by the yeah. time you listen to this episode, uh, hopefully he'll be listening to this episode on the air, airline over. Well, and hopefully his wedding or honeymoon isn't in Baltimore. Let's just let's hope for that. <laughs> Maybe you can find where that $16 billion is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I've been to Baltimore mm-hmm. on several occasions. Unfortunately, I have to drive through Baltimore to mm-hmm. go to Philadelphia, which is another. West Philadelphia, born and raised. It's, dude, it is not It is not cheese whiz and cheesesteaks there. I mean, you, you think. <laughs> it's that, whiz. I mean, you think the streets are overflowing when you think of Philadelphia, but it's mm-hmm. not. Um, I love Philadelphia. I love the people there. I, I, love I know the some cream great cheese. I, I they do make it. They do make, the they do make a cheese. great cream cheese. Yeah. So, but see, I've, I've been to Walt. Baltimore and um you know there's some nice areas of Baltimore just like you have in yeah, any city sure but you have oh man it the HBO did not invest millions of dollars to make a show called The Wire based <laughs> off of Baltimore because it was a fictional um mystery fantasy world. Now I'll disagree with you on that because the WB a or and or Fox spent a lot of money to recreate Gotham and that's not real. So boom. <laughs> All right, well, I'll raise it because Baltimore, <laughs> not nah, Baltimore and the wire, man, there, there's a lot of areas that are depressed like that. Yeah. I mean, there's, 
you know, people set up makeshift businesses in the middle of courtyards and apartment complexes with couches and stuff like that, peddling their wares. And mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, handmade baskets. I mean, there's a lot of crime disparity there. Mm-hmm. Just a, a uh, just a snippet of a crime statistic um, in Baltimore. Um, in 2014, there was 211 homicides. Okay. In two, 2014? 2014. So 211. 211. In the whole city. In 2018, um, they're currently at, uh, or 2018, they were at 411. Wow. That's so almost, almost double. Almost 100% increase. My math is awesome. And then I'm sure 2019, I'm, pro- I'm sure they're probably trying to do a record-breaking year. Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, why not? I mean, why not? so uh, when you have that kind of rampant crime, mm-hmm. um, they've had four mayors resign in three years, or either three mayors in four years. I can't remember my statistically on that one, but they, due to corruption and, and misgoverning. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, if you don't remember, um, remember Freddie, uh, Freddie Gray, um, the. Uh, guy who was killed, accidentally killed, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, in the back of the, in the back police. of the police van who was yeah. arrested. And then they had the Black yeah, Lives yeah. Matter, mm-hmm. uh, hands up, don't shoot protest. Now, um, the city's mayor, the city council is all black. All the cops were of color, Hispanic or black. You know, this is a racist town or whatever, you know. So <laughs> it, it is it is not a good town to do business. Sure. Um, it is not a good town to visit. Like I would, if you're going to go to a Baltimore Ravens game, I mean, you, you got to bring out your nunchucks, your brass knuckles, your the what chucks? Nunchucks. I think nunchucks. Nunchucks. All right, nunchucks. <clears throat> All right, sorry. Uh, nunchucks or nunchucks or numb skulls? I don't know. Eric had thought nun- nunchucks or numbchucks. I think it can go either way, numb or none. Okay. Depends on where you're raised. Maybe you get maybe you get numb after you get the nun. <laughs> right, right. Just say it real fast. It won't <laughs> <Num-num>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There'll be somebody that slows it down to yeah. see what I said. Um, uh, now Baltimore does have one thing going for it is their blue crab restaurants. How they, about they it? They do have some yeah. good blue crab uh, crab yeah, cakes, but um, but you know, risk risk at your own peril. Um, great people there. I know, mm-hmm. I know some people in Baltimore, but man, it is not one place you'd be like, you know what? Disney World or Baltimore kids? Yeah, sure. Of course. The, the, my issue with Baltimore is like the, like the city planning, like trying to drive around that town right. is like, no one, nothing makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. They have giant four lane one ways that come out of nowhere. Um, well, it's, it's designed to trap you there. Oh, like it. if you get off, you know, like the actual people from Baltimore, they may not be from Baltimore. They were probably from like Tulsa. <laughs> they got lost and then couldn't find their way out. So, you know, they had to set up shop. going to stay here. Yeah. But I have had the best, some of the best, one of the best seafood restaurants I've ever eaten in my life Ooh, is in Baltimore, yeah. right there in the middle of the, the harbor there. Yeah. I don't what it's is called. It? <clears throat> it's a seafood place. It's like kind of upscale. Uh, oh, it's man. fantastic. I've been there a couple of times. Mm. It's one of the best restaurants. There's some good restaurants, but man, it is... Last time I was in downtown Baltimore, yeah, yeah. I mean, they literally need to create an app for human excrement. I mean, there's oh, so wow. much, yeah, so much, so much human poop on the sidewalks. I don't know where you keep seeing this poop from. I can, I'll take it down to Uptown Charlotte if you'd yeah. like to see it. I, I mean, but they need to, they need to do it. Now, keep in mind, um, Baltimore has been what democratically controlled uh, for the past seven thousand years yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, yeah, I'll throw that out there. If you are in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full, spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom-exclusive line just for you. 
Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or email Leon directly at Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. That's Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. Or check out the sponsors section of our website. All right, so let's go to Mario Lopez. Uh, so Mario Lopez was on a um, radio show with uh, Candace Owens on the Candace Owens show last month. And the two were talking about a weird trend that was coming out of, Har- of Hollywood. I was about to say Harlem, citing uh, Charlize Theron's upbringing about her seven-year-old daughter, Jackson, who identifies as a transgender girl. Uh, Theron, 43, has said that um, the child, when uh, she adopted the child, uh, said that I'm not a boy when she thought it was a boy. And so now she's raising the child as a girl. Um, and so Mario Lopez kind of spoke out a little bit about that here. I'll go ahead and play his clip. I'm trying Clarity. to understand it myself. And please don't lump me into that whole. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I see you're not doing that in your household. No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of blown away too. And, um, Look, I'm never one to tell anyone how to parent their kids, obviously. And I think if you come from Maybe a place. Maybe you should, though, because you yeah. seem to be doing something <laughs> well, right. thanks. You know, and I always say if you come from a place of love, you, you know, you, you really can't go wrong. But at the same time, my God, if you're three years old and you're saying you're feeling a certain way or you're, 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 you think you're a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be, I, 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 I just think it's dangerous as a parent to make that determination then, OK, well, then you're going to be a boy or a girl, whatever the case may be. And it's it's sort of alarming and my gosh, I just think about the repercussions later on. Right. So uh, they went on to gr- to say that um, Candace isn't a parent, but she nannied. And she said when she was nannying, she was hanging around children that said that they were mermaids, that they could fly, that they could jump off the staircase thinking they were Superman. So at three years old, I don't think you can make that call of what you feel like. My personal opinion is I think that's way too young. Uh, I would think that even at 18, that would be a tough, a tough call to make, but you're an adult technically then at that point, if you feel like that's where you need to go, then that's where you need to go. But at three and seven, my kid thinks he's Mm Spider-Man, like legitimately will say, I'm Spider-Man. Look at me. Am I going to treat him as Spider-Man? Absolutely not. So I don't think that they're old enough to make that, that decision. Eric. You, don't, you can refuse to speak up all these topics. <laughs> you have the right to remain silent. <laughs> Not usually. Uh, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's dangerous to let a three-year-old determine what they want to be yeah. in that context. Mm. I mean, you know, let them jump around, think they're Spider-Man, Superman, whatever. But I just think it's I just think it's dangerous. Yeah. I'm going to be controversial here. Oh. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> You're going to take a different view? No, no, no. Um, I think this is child abuse. I'm straight up say it. Yeah, completely agree. Sorry, go ahead. No, I completely agree with that. Um, I think you would, I think kids, I mean, I, I can't remember being three. I could, my earliest memory is four, you know, when my grandmother died. That's just mm-hmm. one of those memories that, so I couldn't tell you when I was three or four, like feelings, but just with uh, my kids, you know, you kind of get to see the experiment of kids growing up, just natural habits. And um, I remember uh, my my youngest now mm-hmm. um, came up to me with an inquisitive question. You know, Dad, why can't I not stand up and pee? Mm-hmm. 
Simple question. You can, but it's going to be a little Yeah, it's not. It, basically, you do that at the truck stops. <laughs> sure. just, just not in our house. Because <laughs> what the guys do. Do you anyway. see the lot of lizards? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so she had the question, and mm-hmm. then she continued with that. Dad, I wish I had one of those things. Sure. Which it's uh, a whole lot easier. Yeah. They're referring to uh, a man's you yeah, know, we male opinion. We understand. So, you don't have to. Don't blush. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, so that, that question popped up. And she's kind of, it was fixated on this, on this question. No and, pun intended. Yeah, fixated on this question um, for about a week mm-hmm. until, you know, and, you know, that's an eternity in the kid's lifetime. Right. But, so, what would I do if I was in California and in the, in the West Coast? Would automatically a kid being that inquisitive about um, urinary uh, tract, you know, flow, flow, all of a sudden I need to trans- transition uh, that kid into another gender? I mean, is I that the logic a, behind it? I mean, I think that's a little bit, a little bit of a stretch, like you say, like I don't know, pull it out to no pun intended uh, to the extreme. But I think in this case, it was I feel like I'm a the opposite sex. I'm, I feel like I'm a girl. And then you just, you know, keep stoking that fire and encouraging that. Then you kind of are, you're like, well, I made this decision. I might as well keep going with it. But where I go with the child abuse thing Mm -hmm. is, um, a lot of these parents are now pushing for medical, um, yeah, medically induced, chemically inducing their kids, um, to stop their, their natural chromosomal hormonal growth. Right. And, injecting them with a foreign substance mm-hmm. to their body. Yeah. And that makes no sense. I mean, you would not let a kid decide, um, you know, if they want to continue their life with cancer. You know what I'm saying? You would, you don't let kids make, yeah. make decisions for themselves. <laughs> I mean, a little stretch, but okay. You, no, I mean, it's not. There's actually been parents have actually been really? in jail for that, that actually have gone because the kid did not want to go through chemotherapy treatments. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's actually one in California that's coming up right now. The parents are being charged with murder. Wow. So, huh. but of course, it's California. Sure. Um, but we don't allow kids to make simple decisions. I'm glad that my parents had enough balls to not let me do the things I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I, who knows what it would have been. Yeah. I mean, you know, I like playing the robber and cops and robbers. I like, you know, um, I like to fist fight. I mean, I'm glad they didn't let me do things and set yeah. some parameters. I mean, you know, people people talk about uh, communism. Well, the, the 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 microcosm of communism is a family household. It is my yeah. rules. No one goes outside that. I provide for you. <laughs> right. I will provide for you, and it's going to be exactly what I tell you. Now, yeah. I'm not saying you don't let individual growth happen. Sure. But there has to be some kind of range. I mean, my if my daughter wants to become a paraglider without using a paraglide, I'm going to say no. Right. Because I know the repercussions of that. And yeah. I think that a lot of these parents, there's not been enough time that progressed with, with parents injecting their kids with testosterone or mm-hmm. estrogen or progesterone, um, stopping their cycle, stopping their testicular growth, things like this, mm-hmm. to where we, we have, we know what's going to happen in 30 years from now. Yeah. We know that transgenders that have transitioned in their teens have higher rates of osteoporosis when mm-hmm. they're getting their fifties. So they, they, there's a higher rate of suicide in that community. Now, see, I, once again, I could care less. You be what you want to be. I right. don't care. But we don't allow kids before 18 to smoke. We don't yeah. allow kids 18. That's where I was going to go. You know, you're 21 now. We don't allow them to buy Is 21 to smoke? Yeah, I think so, right? Huh? Or no, no some states. Some, uh, te- Texas, I think Texas just passed that, I think. Hmm. I'm yeah, sure. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not, all I know is I'm not 21. But, right. You know, let's just say go with 18. Yeah. We don't we don't allow them to drink or smoke at 18. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't understand why we should allow them to inject themselves with hormones yeah. before 18. Yeah. And I mean, people change their minds constantly. Every day I'm like, well, I like this. No, no, I like this. No. I mean, and I'm an, an adult. Like, what about a kid? Like, good gracious. So let me ask this question. though. My kid brought up, you know, Spider-Man. I brought up, so what were you as a kid? Like, what did you pretend like you were? For me, it was a Thundercats. Like, I was like, I'm a Thundercat. Do you guys remember Thundercats? Yeah, yeah. I, I had the uh, oh, animals. You yes. connect them all together, didn't you? Voltron. Yeah. Anybody else? Yeah, Jonathan, yeah. did you pretend to be anything? Uh, a truck driver. A truck driver. <laughs> <laughs> Any I'm going to go... Uh, the Lone Ranger or Fred oh. Kirby? Oh, bring who, that up. Who's Fred Kirby? You don't know who Fred Kirby is? No. Do you? I, I'm lost on that one. I don't know. Must wow. be a local Charlotte guy. <laughs> so the local the Charlotte, man? absolutely. The Fred Kirby show. Oh. See, so yeah, I'm, I'm from South wow. Carolina. We yeah, didn't we didn't have TV. Man, when I was growing up, and he was from Monroe Indian Trail. Hmm. Oh wow, Fred Kirby. Look him up. Well, uh, yeah. to. Well, you know. I've had no opinion on this, you know, like really until I listened to uh, Blair White. She's a transgender okay. YouTube commentator, kind of conservative, and um, has spoken out a lot about LGBTQ, whatever community. Mm-hmm. And she is totally against, I, I guess where mm-hmm. it came into it was with, with this uh, TLC TV show, uh, My Life is Jazz or Jazzy or whatever it is. I was it's, thinking it was the band. I like the the group. Yeah, maybe chasing could have been. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could have been. Um, but on this show is, is the life of a of a transgender um, female uh-huh. who was trans, you know, obviously transitioned and her life going through everything. And she okay. was, she was before age of eighteen. Okay, and was uh, actually having the reassignment surgery. And Blair White first kind of came onto the scene with this because she was against it because she doesn't believe she's prior to yeah 18. yeah because she believes that you know number one it stops a lot of natural. Uh, growing that mm-hmm. you need, you know, you, you're not, your frame is going to be smaller. You're you're not mm-hmm. going to have enough reconst- flesh to reconstruct whatever body part that you just decide. There's enough. No, actually, there wasn't. There's not enough. There's not enough elbow elbow no, skin. Actually, no. uh, um, so there's there things like that. Um, That's called a weenus, by the way. <laughs> it I have, is. It is called a. Weenus. I have a ma- I have a massive two, so <laughs> it's mine stretchy. But um, no, so there's there's. Jonathan wants to say something. I had a chance to think about it. Uh, there was a week. You guys remember Darren's Dance Grooves? The uh, it was like the TV thing and this kind of. Like- you're gonna have to come to the mic if you're gonna talk. You gotta come to the mic. Yeah, there was a, a TV commercial. It was like a, they sold you this Darren's Dance Grooves. <laughs> and uh, for for about a week, you know, he had these like black baggy pants and I think it was like Timberland or something. And uh, got the pants. whole get up and I like downloaded it on. You know, whatever website online, and uh, for about three days, I was super into. Yeah, it was actually Kazaa. <laughs> you know, so I did that, and then um, yeah, after about four days, I realized I wasn't Darren, and mm-hmm. I didn't have any dance groups. So oh, there I you go. totally changed my life projection at that point. So yeah, <laughs> now I've had a chance to think about it. So now you're not Darren the dance group guy. Uh-huh. All right, well, there's that. Everybody wants to be Darren the Who dance guy. Doesn't. Group. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Blair White, I kind of look towards her, her, her trying to reach another perspective because yeah. obviously I'm just a white. cisgender white Christian male. So, yeah, you know, I have dangerous my dangerous yeah. man in America. Exactly. Um, so I looked to someone else for mm-hmm. kind of perspective in that community and for her to be staunchly against it because there are repercussions to your body physically. Yeah. I mean, I understand you want to be happy in your own skin, mm-hmm. but 
what if you shorten your life by 30 years because of the hormones or yeah. you know chemically altering things? I mean, what, I mean that's premature suicide. Almost. I mean, at the end of the day, and, and I don't know, I, I'm just asking a question, like why not just let your body grow and then make the transition there? Like I don't, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of the stuff coming out of California, they're looking, especially with the parents and the kids, trying to make the decision for the kids if the kids make a, a claim like that is they want to, it's like this social calling card or it's just, it's kind of a trophy. Mm. It's kind of a trophy. <clears throat> well, my daughter and my son saying, mm. so we're going to, we're going to support and we're going to make him or her, uh, him or her. Yeah. It, it's so it's, much. I want to support, be my, my kid's best friend, my, be my kid's best friend, cheerleader, instead of like being a parent and saying, no, it's more like we've all got to say yes to whatever the kid wants. They want to, I want to be liked by my kids. Yeah. But I, I want to run that idea out though, the, the idea of the trophy. Because mm-hmm. I think that can be very, very insightful mm-hmm. because <clears throat> as an adoptive parent yeah. in the adoption community, you have yeah. two types of parents. You have parents that genuinely don't care. They want to be parents. They're not trying to save the world. They are trying to add a member to their family because mm-hmm. their heart has a void. Mm-hmm. And then you have people out there that want to garner some type of accomplishment in the realm in the eyes of their society, their culture, their friends that they hang around with, their mm. country club people, their yeah. could be church, whatever people that want to have that that kind of presentation yeah. in front of the people, a badge of look at me. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder for the parents if part of it's that. Yeah, I mean that that's and in the in the deepest root of it, it is I want to be liked and I want to be loved and I want I want to be accepted, mm. and I think especially in that community of California, there's that whole if I stand out against something. I'm not going to be accepted. I'm not going to be, because even right. as, as we, as you pointed out before the show is even Mario Lopez is backing up and saying, well, whoa, 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 hold on. Maybe I didn't fully need right. that because again, the repercussions of I'm not accepted. I'm well, not loved. I'm not, right. people don't like me. Well, look, I, regardless of opinion and I could mm-hmm. disagree with someone turns this in there and they're a parent that is currently transitioning kid. Doesn't mean I don't love you. Sure. I love you. I love your kid. Right. I, I just, I'm sure you'll probably disagree with me allowing my seven year old to shoot a handgun in a, in a range. Right. I mean, it happens. Mm-hmm. Get over it. That's just my parenting style. Granted, my kid doesn't want to turn into the handgun. She's just using it. <laughs> um, I, I, there's all, I'm coming from a place of love. I, yeah. I, I don't want to see a generation mm-hmm. that's messed up. I've also th- think we have a heightened, um, this heightened run towards total, Erratic and lunacy. I mean, I, I, I have I have friends of ours that they have three kids. One of the kids is now non non binary, and mm. the other kid is transgender. How does that happen? I mean, yeah. it's it's a kind of a cool so, social experiment to look at because you know the whole gay population community, the whole world makes up anywhere between one to one and a half percent of the whole population of seven and a half billion people on Earth. But my friend's household, a, f- a family of five, has two out of five. Well, I, I think, again, it goes back to the I want to feel accepted and I want to feel loved and I want to be part of a group and a community. No, I agree. And yeah. I think that people are constantly striving and whatever is the the hot topic of the day, like, oh, I want to be part of this group. So I'm going to become non-binary because that's the cool thing to do. You know, we can maybe move to that group or, you know, I, I want to be different. Right. Like when I was growing up, it was like the goth kids like, oh, they're so weird and they worship the devil, you know, but they were part of their own 
click, yeah, but they were all else, different. Yeah. You know, they were the different people. So maybe that's just the they're the gothic kids or the new non the non binary kids and the new gothic kids. Or other way around. Yeah, but like I want to be different just to be different. Yeah, but hopefully they don't come up with a hot topic store for that, you know, because that's where all the goth kids shop was hot topic Spencer's. There's Spencer's. <laughs> God loves Spencer's, by the I way. That was walk. an awesome store. I, could, I, I couldn't walk into there until I was like 19 because I was going oh, to yeah. hell. Yeah. yeah. But they had all the cool magic tricks and, and the uh, the stink bombs. <laughs> that's where I was all the time. I didn't know they had that. I just oh, knew yeah. they had nudie stuff in there. They didn't even have nudie stuff. Well, that's what I was told. They had the big posters. They had posters, but they weren't nudie. They were close. They were close. But they weren't. They, they had shirts that said, like, fart, in other words. <laughs> right. on it. You're yeah, going to hell for that one. I was straight to hell. Mm. All right. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will have Eric from 1812 Barbecue. Uh, we're going to take a break while we eat this barbecue because it is looking and smelling delicious. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hey, guys. I really hope that you love Southern Fried Philosophy. But did you know that you could actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know that it sounds insane, but it's true. We discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that PodCoin in for gift cards, like places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate it to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. You download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code Southern Fried, and you get 300 PodCoin just for signing up. And if you listen enough to us on there, you can get a cappuccino, a Starbucks, or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with our free code Southern Fried. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. All right, we are back and you're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. In studio with us, we have Eric Line from 1812 Barbecue, the newest sponsor for Southern Fried Philosophy. We are so excited to have him on board. I'm telling you, he brought us some uh, some pulled pork, some ribs, and y'all, I'm legitimately telling you, this stuff is legit. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Um <clears throat> Fat and sassy. <laughs> Do you want to talk about this, okay. <laughs> this said barbecue? Because it's delicious. Oh, uh, where to start? Um, I, you have a unique rub. Uh, Careful, I, it, this is a family show. Hey, hey, we're saving this for the SFB. Took me a long time to develop that rub. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> so that's is it like Colonel Sanders with thirteen? It secrets? is, but the fourteenth it hurts you. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that's, that's first thing I noticed. I uh, was the the uh, rub, and it's very it's. For a pork, it's very heavy pepper, which I like. I really like that. Um, but yeah, so obviously, uh, I, let's back up. What what made you want to get into barbecue? Yeah, I just kind of fell into it. My dad and I uh, started doing barbecue competitions fifteen twenty oh, wow. years ago. So uh, my dad's always cooked on the grills and stuff. So I've always been around him doing that. And you know, when like Hugo came through. You know, we lost power for two or three weeks, and everybody brought their food over to our house to cook. So mm. My dad stood out there, and we cooked forever. <laughs> so we'd do, you know, clam roast and, and all kinds of stuff. So, um, Smoked well, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm. Everything. Actually, that sounds good. So, I mean, it's it literally 20 years ago, uh, we got a, a little smoker and started doing a little local competitions, doing real well. 
And it's just something him and I and my brother would go and my mom would come out. So it's kind of a family thing. And we just like to go out, drink moonshine, drink beer and smoke mm. barbecue all night long. Come it's a great, it's it. a great excuse. And, yeah. and, you know, uh, honestly, when we do our competitions, we'd always be asked, do you have a restaurant? Do you cater? And for 20 years, it was, no, we just, we do it for fun. Mm. And um, I guess over the last, so I'd say five years, uh, we kind of backed out of it a little bit and just life going on, things mm, like that. And sure. the, the Big Red, which I, I called it Big Red, was just sitting over there in the yard. I was like, I'm going to pull it back out and I'm going to start I'm gonna start doing some stuff. And I was doing, I'd cook for birthdays and things like that. And I'd start doing competitions again and and started getting this response. So I started working on the rub that you, you're tasting tonight. And um, I guess about two years ago, I started hearing, again, do you cater and do you have a restaurant? No, we just do it for fun. Well, you need to sell this. Mm-hmm. You need to sell this. So I heard that for so long. And uh, this past year, uh, actually year and a half, January, I figured, okay, well, I'm going to try it. So I went and bought some barbecue and filled the thing up and put a post on Facebook and sold it all. Oh, wow. And then they started saying, hey, when are you doing this again? So I'd put another, go get some more barbecue another weekend and mm-hmm. cook it and say, hey, I'm cooking. And I'd start getting orders. Hey, I need pounds and this, pounds of this. Well, we're doing a party, dude. And so it's kind of over the last year and a half, not quite two years. It's kind of wow, grown legs Life of its of own. Zone, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's for a long time. You always hear, you know, and your family and your friends and everybody's like, "Man, this is the best barbecue. This is mm-hmm. the best barbecue." But when you go out to the competitions and do events, and you know, you're winning competitions, and people are calling you and emailing you, or texting you, saying, "Hey, man, that's the best barbecue I've had since Texas or wherever, wherever it is." Mm-hmm. And you know, then I, you know, I'd do some barbecue and ask the family, "What is it really that good?" And they're like, "Eric, it's whatever you're doing." So. It's like your mom says, like, oh, you've, this is really good, but at the end of the day, like, it's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. And now when you get real feedback, not real feedback, but you get feedback from people that are unbiased, then you're like, oh, okay, maybe yeah, I got something the, here. But the real feedback is when you have a transaction, uh, barbecue for money. Right. You know what I'm saying Absolutely. that's that's the real feedback. That's the only feedback I ever care about. You yeah. Know, I could care less about Yelp or Google reviews or Facebook reviews for our business. Mm-hmm. If I have a transaction in dollars, that's yeah. all. That's the only review I need. So yeah. when you're running out and people are calling you saying they want more, my yeah. my brother, my uncle, my my, you know, my friends, they want some. It's 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 just a whole other level. And you know, like I said, I'm a year and a half into really building eighteen twelve barbecue that didn't really start out as eighteen twelve barbecue. It started out as Big E smoking Q. <laughs> oh, so wow. okay. uh, it's kind of evolved into the eighteen twelve. We can get into that later, but yeah, um, you know, it's 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 been a been a long process but the 1812 thing has been in like the last year and a half two years i need to stop this and do a little bit of clarification right now for mm-hmm. our listeners that are um above the mason dixon yeah i was about and, to say yeah. we need to clarify yeah. what is barbecue okay so above the mason dixon um you, you pretty much i'd say probably west of texas or west of middle texas because kind of west texas is kind of uh, oddball mm-hmm. um but yeah so and also our international listeners like Scotland, UK, um, out, Australia. Don. So, um, yeah, so barbecue is not pulling out the old gas grill, the old charcoal grill, mm. lined it up, and then grilling a burger. That's called grilling. Right. So all <laughs> in a hot dog. Yeah, on exactly. The old so so, so our, our, our northern listeners, that is not barbecue. Mm-hmm. That is grilling. Mm-hmm. You may now take barbecue sauce and baste your 
cheeseburger with it. Now that's called a barbecue grilled cheeseburger. That's mm-hmm. not barbecue. Right. We're talking about taking unattractive cuts of meat traditionally, pork butt, which is a shoulder. Um, Why do they call it pork butt if it's the shoulder? Because um, they used butt barrels to store it in. That's the reason why I also call Boston. They had the, they, I, I'd have to get back to the history of that. All right. That'll um, be the next segment. But nice. um, so the shoulders, here in the South, we use a lot of shoulders. Um, you can use a whole whole hog. That's mm. kind of a, also a North Carolina, uh, Eastern Carolina thing. Also kind of goes down into South Carolina. Texas is big in brisket. Mm. Um, you know, that's uh, a hearty hard dense meat so we're taking about we're talking about taking these unquality meats traditionally that were just kind of fodder for poor people and slow roasting these meats for hours and hours and hours over wood at very low temperatures that break down all that sinew that that muscle that grit that uh you know the fibers in the meat and just mm-hmm. makes it just something that's just you know Butter. awesome yeah like Butter. a pork like a pork nice. butt a pork butt takes eight to twelve hours, depending upon what temperature you cook it at, and you need every bit of that time to break mm-hmm. down all those necessary cartilage and fat and everything into it. But it comes out like pork barbecue. Mm-hmm. If you give me that, or maybe a choice of filet mignon, I would probably choose you know pork barbecue mm. just because of the flavor. So it? you know, I just had to clear that for sure. international listeners. And on on your business card. There's a, a nice picture of a brisket. That's my brisket. That's legit. That's legit. You ain't joking. And that's what I hear from the Texas people. Yeah. And like I said, I, I don't uh, I don't have a traditional North Carolina style barbecue. Uh, I travel for my day job, so um, I eat barbecue all over the United States. So I take little things. I might take you know my brisket. You know is obviously basically based on a Texas brisket, but you know, I'll go to St. Louis and try to pull a little something in from St. Mm. Louis and South. I like, I do the whole hog. I love doing whole hog, mm. man. It, it's, it's hard to get, it's hard to beat yeah. good whole hog. So I try to take all these things in. So I've got kind of a, um, a blend of these different areas that I try to keep in my barbecue. I don't, I don't do a specific North Carolina or, or mm. upstate or whatever. It's, it's, Barbecue to me is not so where your favorite area. is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's all my favorite. That's the problem. <laughs> so you know, and again, barbecue is you know, it's how you like it. It's so very it's, yeah, subjective to the individual. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, hopefully, the way I'm the way I do it, um, everybody you know, everybody mm-hmm. likes it. So. Yeah, and you're gonna have. I, I'm not gonna be able to please everybody. There's gonna be somebody that yeah, it's not for them, and that's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, Jonathan, Brandon, like when we did the bourbon trip, some people liked one bourbon and some people hated the same thing. Like, it's just different. People have different tastes. Yeah. But I'm telling you, this stuff is really good. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to try that brisket because, like you said, it's really hard to find good brisket here in North Carolina. It's just, and it's really easy to mess up a brisket. Yeah. yeah. And it's and yeah. it's money down the drain because oh. you're looking, you know, 20, pl- 20 plus pounds at, you know, Four, you know, four dollars a pound. That's you know, that's a lot of money that you're yeah. dedicating to throwing a smoker, and I mean, you have to cook it for some length. But man, that temperature gets yeah. up on you. You know that. I mean, it dries it out or whatever. It's just garbage. Just wait for the jiggle. <laughs> that's right. That's what my wife says. <laughs> uh, where, where, where did eighteen twelve come from? Uh, eighteen twelve is my uh, MOS from the Marine Corps. Okay. So I spent uh, almost eight years in the Marine Corps. Wow. Second tank battalion. So eighteen twelve is a tank crewman for the Marine Corps. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah, I appreciate you. that. Thank you. Um, 
where, what's like, you mentioned like you take little pieces from like St. Louis, mm-hmm. you know, Texas, whatever. Are there like, what, what are you taking from these different places? Just different spices, different ways to cook, you know, those type of things. All of the above spices, little ways to cook, little, little nuances on what to do and certain cuts of meat. I mean, I like, I like the St. Louis style rib. Mm-hmm. That's basically what I do. I mean, I, I like it all, but typically when I'm doing ribs, I'll do the St. Louis style. Um, but I just explain to explain to our listeners because I know you have spare well, ribs. Well, the spare rib is, is is kind of the whole rib coming off the backbone, all right? And then the the St. Louis is just a the the piece right off the backbone. Mm-hmm. So it's the same, mm-hmm. but once you cut that spare off, it turns into a St. Louis cut. Hmm. It's just okay. one the way you cut it basically is is the difference of the meat, but. Um. Yeah, just pull little, little, you know, little things from each area. It may be a little bit in the rub. Uh, it may be a little bit in the way I cook. The way, the way, you know, it may wrap something or not wrap something or hmm. do something, you know, that most areas carry on. So, when you say wrap meat, because I'm, I'm, I'm the, I throw it on the grill. Like I'm not a smoker. Like I don't have the patience. You do the northern the barbecue. I'm the, and, and I don't say that it's barbecue, but I just don't have the time or patience. When you, why do you wrap the food? Like, what does that do for it? Well, one, it depends on it depends on what you're cooking. Like a brisket, um, you can either wrap with butcher paper or you can wrap with aluminum foil. Now in Texas, they're going to call aluminum foil the Texas crutch because mm. it kind of steams the meat. Okay. Um, so I don't I don't wrap mine with uh, uh, aluminum foil. I do uh, butcher paper, pink butcher paper. So um, that butcher paper on the brisket still lets the brisket breathe. So the brisket's flexing and contracting. So once it's cooked or once you have the bark the way you want it. Mm -hmm. Now, I've done uh, briskets where I didn't need to wrap. But there gets to a certain point with the bark. If you get the bark where you want it, you can wrap it up, protect that bark, and then finish the cook off wrapped up in the butcher paper. And once it's it's done, just take it off and put it in the the hold. So, But the pulled pork, typically at a certain temperature, you'll wrap the pulled pork up and finish it in the aluminum foil. Okay. That kind of the moisture that you want to keep in the pork butt, it, it, aluminum foil helps that. And then, it speeds up the cooking process. Yeah. If you're sitting there to for a, a long to time. A certain because you extent, hit that yeah. temperature like 165, 167, and it stops for a while. Oh, it, it stalls, yeah. Yeah, the stall, if you want to eat sooner, <laughs> <laughs> you wrap it and it kind of breaks through that stall a little faster. Hmm, correct. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you can wrap um, like ribs. You know, you, you have a big, there's a competition rib or just a restaurant rib. Competition, you know, you certain amount of time you wrap them up. You do other things to the to the rib to make it taste good and that flavor profile. But a lot of times when you're cooking for um, bigger groups of people, you don't have time to wrap fifty racks of ribs. Sure, I mean it'll kill you. Yeah, so you just kind of low and slow let it go uh, till it till it's till it's done. Nice. Um, for the novice out there that's probably thinking about going and getting a smoker because. Um, you know, there's man, there's so many smokers out there now. Yep. I mean, it's just crazy. You got mm. the ugly drum smokers to um, the black Brinkman fifty nine dollar one that you can buy, or a little man tape smoker, whatever they call them. I mean, and also you have the high dollar ones that are thirty five hundred dollars. Myra mixing, you know, water 
smokers. I mean, so what would you suggest for the, just a Johnny weekend, Johnny warrior, and, barbecue warrior? And just as, just to point out, probably the best one would be the black warrior smoker since we had them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do make a good smoker. Though. Yeah. So you had a, a manufacturer here. Huh? Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I, I would, I would suggest starting off with something, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot, you can get these smokers, the offset smokers, um, and these uh, little cabinet smokers. Mm-hmm. You know, you can test the waters on that. But if you really want to do it, you're not really going to get the full effect of smoke and barbecue if you're doing an electric or a pellet because once you put it in there and you turn it on, you set the temp, you just walk away for set eight, it, ten forget hours. Forget it. Yeah. That ain't, I mean, you know, if you might put some, put out some good barbecue, but. Barbecue to me is you're fighting fire. You're managing the fire, the wind, the smoke, the elements, and that's what I love to do. Mm. And then the finished product, you know, you work your tail off for a long, long period of time. And then to see the response, hopefully most of the time it's good. Right. That, you know, what you've done the last, you know, 14, 16 hours is, is worth it. But you can go to you can go to Lowe's at Home Depot and get a nice offset smoker. Um, I've got one. I've still got mine at the house. It's... Uh, uh, old uh, oh, was it? What is that little uh, little offset smoker from Lowe's, Lone mm. uh, Lone Star or something like that? Mm. I I when I didn't have Big Red, mm-hmm. I would couple butts on the. I mean, you're talking about battling fire because those things don't draft real well. Mm. You're burning a lot of fuel. Um, you can get bad smoke real quick in there. Mm. So, but. You know, start off in something like that. Don't go spend four or five thousand dollars on a smoker and, and try to think, "Oh, I'm going to do barbecue" because it's not that easy. I would love to get a five thousand dollars smoker and then just put hot dogs on it. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> People do that, I, man. I've, I t- I've got a I've got a Klaus or close. I don't know how you say it. I've got a close smoker, which is about forty two inch diameter, 10, 10 or twelve feet long, two and a mm. half foot smoke box, um, and I've filled that thing up. And where we got room, we'll put burgers and hot dogs or oh, nice. whatever. Uh, the big red, we do we do grilling on that thing because that that the big red was uh, had a little propane, had a small smoke box, so I couldn't get it up to temperature hmm. with just the wood. So we'd have to supplement that with the propane, just hmm. a tad bit, just to keep the heat up. Hmm. Um, so you're talking about managing two fire sources, and this I think this is where I learned how to manage my fire. On, on the Big Red is just because I'm managing two separate sources of fire that are competing against each other in the elements when it's cold or it's mm. hot. You got one going up, the other one going down. So it's a constant battle to try to keep them level. Yeah. And I think, you know, my dad teaching me on that smoker uh, is where I learned how to do all, most of my, you know, fire management and things like that. So. There's so much that goes into true, like, smoking. I mean, yeah. even, even, like, you know, I, for my basic stuff, I bought a pit barrel cooker just mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it was, like, all one shot, and I didn't want to build, build my own. So I bought a pit barrel. It comes out, you know, it's two ninety nine. You got the stand, you got a, mm-hmm. some chips to throw whatever. And it makes some good quality stuff, solid, solid stuff. Um, yeah. But the things with, you know, when you're true smoking, I mean, even on charcoal, um just being at certain parts of the sea level, like having talking about drafting, draft air draft problems below sea level versus up, up way above sea level, are two mm-hmm. totally different things. It's so that's one reason I like barbecue, and I think it's one reason as Southerners we love barbecue, we love bourbon, we love things that take time, things mm-hmm. that are, uh, the average individual cannot do. Yeah. It's, it's true artistry, and that's one reason I think bourbon and barbecue pair well too. Yeah, it's because, perfect. Pair. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're using natural elements and creating something that's 
highly desirable and delicious. Yeah. So, so you're saying, and so the like, sorry, smoking meat in Columbia, South Carolina, is going to be a completely different process than in Asheville. Yeah, because yeah. of sea level, absolutely, and, 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 and like it doing it here versus Colorado, it's going to be a totally different thing. Wow, it, it just it the products can be different because of the elements. You may have to increase your cook time in Colorado or decrease it mm-hmm. due to altitude, due to airflow. Wow. But, and it also depends on what type of wood. What's your moisture content in your wood? Yeah, so your ask. fruit woods or your hardwoods, mixing the two. You know, it's it's uh, and now back to the original question. It's Oklahoma Joe. Oklahoma Joe blows. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, I mean, for a beginner, yeah, great. That's a that's a great smoker for somebody just wanting to try it out. Mm-hmm. It's a great little smoker. Is it a secret to what kind of wood you use? Nope. I use uh, oak and pecan. Okay. Now I've I've used other woods. I've actually I've got a huge. I'd imagine it's forty years old. Uh, um, um, fig tree mm. in mm. my in my yard. So two years ago. I cut it back and let the wood dry out a little bit for six, eight months to a year and mm-hmm. use and put that in there. You talking Come about on. sweet meat. So I've got it. It's, it's, it's now grown back again and it needs to be cut back again. So I'm going to cut it down again this year, stockpile that wood and, and have a fig, mm. fig wood. I think, I, oh, you know, I oak is... Them figs, by the way? Oh, yeah. Come God on. bless I love some I love figs. figs. Yeah, me too. They're, they're popping right now. And persimmons. Oh. I haven't had a persimmon in a while, but man, figs. Ooh. I can do some damage with figs, boy. Man, I need I, to work on my fig. I need to work on a fig... Uh, ru- uh, a fig... Uh, barbecue sauce. sauce. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, there, was a, there was a persimmon tree at the old house, and I ate so many persimmons that, hey, buddy... My stomach turned, but they were so delicious. Oh, they are good. It's I been a while since I've had yeah. one, though. Now, just on the wood, now, uh, oak is a very common burn fuel. Yeah, and that's, and that's mostly, depending on where you are, that's mostly what people smoke with mm-hmm. is what's handy. What's, what's what, what kind of flavors does that, does that bear? It's a, it's a hot burning wood. So I use typically the oak for the heat and the uh, pecan for a lot of the flavor. Um, so... Uh, it's a, it's a, it's not a heavy smoke. It's not a heavy flavor like a mesquite. Mm-hmm. Mesquite is a real very heavy, pepper, strong, very peppery. Yeah. yeah very yeah. strong, uh, flavor profile. So I like that medium. I get a lot of the flavor from the rub that I've got. So I like a, a good neutral, sweet, um, I'm trying to, you know, try to break down the flavor profile of the, of the pork is, is difficult, but it's not a real strong Pork flavor, I get the flavor from the smoke and from the rub. Mm. That's what you want. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the most interesting wood woods that I've used in smoking. Uh, I've used apricot before, which is kind of odd. Yeah, I never used that. I've used um, I've used cherry, apple. Yeah, black walnut. I've used black walnut before. I kind of lended some kind of really interesting flavors. Mm. But the apricot was kind of odd because that's just an odd, yeah. odd tree for this area. But, you know, yeah. we had that. Um, I will say, you know what, uh, after eating some of this, Barbecue, you know what would be really good with it? Krispy Kreme. A pear salad. <laughs> that pear salad. Hey. I'm thinking about that pear salad still. Have a smoked pear salad. Ooh, come on with it. Well, next time, I'll tell you what, the, uh, the slaw, we do a slaw. That oh, no. Would, it's delicious. All right. So is it like talking about barbecue size. slaw or is it like... like no, it's a, it's a, it's a mayonnaise-based okay. slaw. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm in now. There's yeah, a, that trickery man, with the red a, slaw, I don't I can't no, get behind it. No. no. 
You, so. get to, you go to Lexington, and all of a sudden they're like, you know, red or white. What are we talking about here? I don't understand what you're and, going on. And see, in Lexington, they chop. Mm. They got these big mallets out there. Nope, I don't like that. I don't. I don't. I don't you typically, unless I, pork, unless yeah. I have to, mm-hmm. uh, I don't touch the pulled pork with anything other than my hands. I don't use the claws or anything. I just when you guys saw, I just yeah. put my hands in it and it, it just popped apart. Pop apart. We'll put a post a, a video on our Facebook, but he, he literally just pulled the bone out and mm. boop, just just falls down. That's when he's ready. Yeah, buddy. It's like the automatic temperature button. So let's go back to this coleslaw. Yeah, uh, what, what's Legit coleslaw? Oh, it's, it's legit. Okay. All right. Tell us about the coleslaw. Uh, mayonnaise-based, mm-hmm. uh, chopped cabbage. Um, it's got some vinegar in there. Okay. Um, a little bit of a bite. It's got a little bit of honey in there. It's got a little bit of uh, four or five, maybe six different spices. The, okay. the wife makes the uh, All right. Makes the coleslaw. All right. And it's, I'm telling you what, when, when I get compliments on that, uh, we get a lot of, that's the best slaw we've ever had. Mm. So. What other sides are you bringing to the we table? Do, we do, right now, we do the slaw, slaw the mm-hmm. uh, cowboy baked beans. And typically, cowboy baked beans we'll do with brisket. So okay. if I don't have the brisket, I'll pull the bacon and the, and the ground beef and put it in there. But typically, I Ooh. try to want to do the uh, cowboy baked beans that take the brisket and put the brisket in there. Um, smoked Gouda mac and cheese. Mm. Oh, buddy. So you, oh, had, you, had, you had me a Gouda. Mm-hmm. So we also Gouda. do. We also do, which is a huge hit. We do a three-inch uh, single Careful. serve mm. pecan pie, Ooh. and you it's sm- not store bought. You smoke them. It's not store bought. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't smoked that yet. But it would be You're right. I'm willing to learn. Uh huh. So that's something that we could do. Right. But right? The, yeah. I mean, oh, you yeah. Could, if you could, you could bake that in your smoker and just oh, yeah. like. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That might be too much smoke, though. Uh, it start it. Maybe you get the beginning of it. You do it, hot, you do it hotter. Don't do it. Any, the anything it, smoked so. is better. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, the, 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 uh, that, and we've already had our banana pudding conversation. Yeah. We're yeah, going to have I'm going to tell you what. It's it's a uh, it's, it's going to be on. Hey, I will be an, I will be an independent judge. So I have no dog in this fight. We, we talked before the show is we're going to have a banana pudding off. My wife will make hers. Your wife will make yours. Okay, we'll have them in studio and then we will we'll hash it out. There we go. I'm down for this challenge. I know you are. <laughs> and there's one going to be coming that uh, this is most of the recipes that I that I do or my wife does are have been family recipes. And, you know, like I said, this thing's kind of just taken off. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're building, I'm actually building my menu now. Okay. Um, and when last, you know, the smoked, uh, smoked good of mac and cheese came from somebody mm-hmm. asking for, do you need mac and cheese? And of course, my answer is yes. Yeah. You know, I want to go figure out how to <laughs> we'll do that. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've been doing that for two, and it's, and it's absolutely, but uh, absolutely delicious. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a building the menu as we go and, you know, yeah. That's one oh. thing I love about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You have a hobby, you have a desire. You know, I don't know how much it costs to start start this. You had probably you had a smoker laying around that was not being utilized. You buy some product and post some things on Facebook, Instagram, and it takes a little bit more effort than that, obviously. Oh, sure. But but you you fill a void and you make money. Well, what I mean, got I, me started was somebody had the barbecue and they said, like, "Hey, can you cater my wedding?" I was like. Oh, how many people? He's three hundred. I said, sure. Yeah. So three hundred people for you is nothing, <laughs> or you're just like, yeah, I'm going to wing it. it. It was like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, uh, I'll do it. 
So, right. And I knew when I said, yeah, I would have to go out and buy a new smoker because Big Red, there was no way mm. possible to do this. That many butts. This, yeah. it, was, it was butts and ribs. And, Ooh. and I think it was 100, 150, 160 pounds of pulled pork and like 53 racks of ribs. Wow. Holy and plus God. the the sides. cowboy baked beans and the sides. and yeah. No, excuse me. It was a coleslaw and uh uh, smoked mac and cheese. Wow! And that was my first. That was my first first run at it. Three hundred people. <laughs> so when people, you know, I, I like you're well, not starting off slow, no. right? You're just going for for it. Well, this is the reason why I it drives me nuts when people complain about not being able to better their station in life. Everyone has the capability of doing it. I'm mm-hmm. telling you right now, if you have an apartment with a microwave, I'm sure there's something you can do to earn a few extra bucks. That, you know, hot pockets. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You make yeah. the best damn hot pocket in your apartment complex. <laughs> Whatever. You can improve your station. That's the reason why yeah. there's so many opportunities out there. And I just, I, I love this. I love the stories of that. I love people that do this and fill a void. They follow a passion. Obviously, you haven't quit your full-time day job no, yet, but no. who knows? You, you could you could be reaching the crest next year. But I'll tell you this. Even if even if 1812 Barbecue goes nowhere and does, you know, does nothing business-wise, I'm still cooking barbecue. Because mm-hmm. that's what, that's, you know, like I said at the beginning, it, this was my dad and I, my brother and my mom. We would do these competitions. And, you know, I've got three kids. Uh, so, you know, I'm hoping that that's something that one of these kids are going to want to do with old dad. Yeah. You know, so whether, whether 1812, you know, whether anybody buys it or not, I'm still going to do barbecue. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's, it's, and I usually don't do something like I said, when the guy said, when you do my wedding, I'm not going to say, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. You'll figure, figure it out. out. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Well, you don't do anything half A. Nope. I know that much. He, he brought off, brought up enough food f- to feed all of us in the studio and there's still a ton left over. So, um, so you mentioned awards competitions. Mm-hmm. What have you, what have you won? Well, the most recent I did, uh, I won the uh, Harrisburg Barber Brew. Okay. Right here in Harrisburg. Bless you. This past, uh, <laughs> just got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought I mumbled. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we went out there and it was, uh, and this was the, you know, first first part of the year. I think it was, it was actually November. Okay. I think. I can't remember. But anyway, uh, we, we went out there and, and did the barbecue and come out first place. And wow. it's funny because the, the judges after the competition would come over and we were doing brisket for the crowd to give to the crowd and stuff like that. So I had, I had a line around the corner for the brisket and, and the judges came up and he's like, well, so uh, how do you do this barbecue? I'm like, well, I just, you know, went through the process and he was like, he said, I'm going to tell you something. That's some of the best barbecue I've had and judged in 30 years. Wow. And, listen, I'm and, originally and I say, from and Texas. I, and, I, and, yeah. I, and well, I mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of what I hear is uh, I'm from Texas, and you know, that's yeah. the that's the guidebook. But you know, sometimes I hate saying that, but that's what the guys. He goes, "I'm going to go get you the judges' score sheet," mm. and he brought it back, and there was eighteen, twenty teams, mm-hmm. I think. Wow! And the numbers between first place and second place. Pretty, it was a pretty big gap. Wow. So that, and, and I think that was another one of the, we, I might be on to something here. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a North Carolina Barbecue Association sanctioned event. So if they're, yeah, it's like, that's they're like, the, agreeing that's with, like the Southern Baptist saying, yeah, there's a convention. Yeah. If, if they're agreeing with it that well, yeah, you know, maybe I'm on to something. 
So yeah. we'll we'll run it till we we'll figure it out, and that's what we're doing. We're figuring it out between the you know, everything we do. I, I do Moan Rub, uh, yeah. the the sauce that you guys had. That's my my dad's sauce that he's developed. Mm. Um, we also have a, a Alabama white sauce. Oh, now and you that, like the Alabama white sauce, don't you? Oh, wow. it's, it's phenomenal. Mm. But that's that's a funny story because my dad had one of his best friends that did barbecue. Okay, and he had this Alabama white sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, barbecue sauce and he would never give anybody the ingredients so when the guy passed away he passed that to my dad oh wow so my dad has held that close when wow. my dad wouldn't he wouldn't even give it to me i'm like hey man i need some i need some of the white sauce uh-huh. how much and he won't give it up so he wow. recently in the last several months sent me the Gave me the recipe nice. for that. Wow. I'm a big so. uh, I'm a big Carolina mustard fan though. That's what I grew up on. Mm. There's no mustard influence on my barbecue. I do. I, I I do. Oh man, I knew that was it. Put mustard powder. <laughs> no, it ain't mustard powder. Mustard. What, Ooh, mustard. What uh? What is so for some of our friends that don't live close to Alabama? What is the Alabama white sauce? It's a mayonnaise based. Barbecue sauce, okay, with cayenne pepper. It's spicy. Yeah, typically they do it on chicken. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a restaurant down in Alabama that supposedly came up with the recipe. Gib- Gibson's start at Gibson's. Yeah. That on his chicken, he takes the chicken st- directly off the smoker, off okay. the pit, dips it in the white sauce, and it puts it back on the smoker. Come on with it. Phenomenal. Mm. So we use it as a as a chicken uh, sauce. Mm-hmm. But I started putting it on my barbecue, man. And we did a competition, and we'd give people options of, okay, this is vinegary, this is sweet, this is Alabama white sauce. And everybody backs away from the Alabama white sauce because they hear mayonnaise-based barbecue mm-hmm. sauce. It's one of the best sauces you can get on a, on a, on a barbecue. Mm-hmm. I equate it to, like, going to the old Japanese express restaurant going, I need some yum-yum sauce. Oh, there you go. Yum-yum. There you go. And there yum-yum. you go. And they're like. How many? You're like 12. <laughs> oh. And they're like, oh, that'd be $2. So then that, that's what the Alabama white sauce is like. It's, yeah. it's that mayonnaise base, that kind of good fatty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It cuts through the other the other protein. Yeah, but it's it's good. Yeah, it's like the it's, it's like it, it, when I go to the Japanese restaurant, it's a question of like, just give me the yum yum sauce with a little bit of rice, you know, because mm-hmm. you sure. just want to mix the rice inside the oh, yum yeah. yum sauce. Yeah. That yum yum sauce. Yeah, I could put the white. I could put the white sauce on just about everything. It's like my son; he 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 puts the yum yum sauce on just about everything. Wow. Um, what what's your personal favorite? Like yum yum sauce, uh, not the yum yum, the white sauce. <laughs> That's what's stuck in my head. Yum yum sauce with a Krispy Kreme donut. Um, the the I'm down. Alabama hot pocket. I'm sorry, the Alabama white <laughs> sauce. Uh, do you like the vinegar based, the molasses based? What's your own personal? Favorite. I'm I'm more of a dry rub, just guy. dry, just no dry. sauce. I have a I have a I have a little tagline with my barbecue is no sauce needed. Mm. You know, I, I I it's there for you. Nothing, mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to put it on there, you don't hurt my feelings, right? But I don't I, I don't eat personally barbecue sauce on my barbecue. I like it, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm more of the dry rub. Okay, uh, dry rub guy. Let's talk about the, your your dry rub here. You brought some here for us, so people can order this online. Uh, yeah, you can go to my Facebook or Instagram and uh, eighteen twelve barbecue and 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 
put in an order if you'd like. Okay. The uh, I think that's seven ounces, seven or eight ounces there. Okay. Uh, I usually sell it for like seven dollars. Okay. So, but I've got bigger containers, and and like I said, this is a process we're working on. I'm working on getting this kind of marketed and getting the food labels and all that kind of stuff worked out. Nice. nice. And uh, all that information will be on the sponsor section of our website, so you can check that out there as well. So, fantastic. And then and then you also sell the barbecue sauce. Working on that as well. Working on that again. That's another. That's another item that when we go and people. I mean, we just, I did an event two weeks ago at uh, um, a Wolfenhoff friend of mine owns Wolfenhoff in Mint Hill. And people were coming up to me saying, I can drink this barbecue sauce. Mm. So it's, it's, uh, it's another, it's another item that we're looking at finding a bottle and, a, and, a, and I haven't even named the barbecue sauce yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of waiting. That's my dad's recipe. So if, if, you know, he's got to get in on it and see what he wants sure. to do and I'll carry that carry that forward with whatever he wants to do. But we need to get a, we're trying to get a bottle figured out and a name figured out and all that kind of stuff. I would just say for any, any listeners out there, just, um, we'll contact Eric line from, uh, 1812. If you buy his barbecue, he'll throw in some free sauce with you. So that's how we'll ship the sauce. Do what? So if they, if they, if if they they order catering from him, he'll just drive to Kansas city, (laughs) cook for them. You know, have money, we'll cater. Sure. Have a truck, we'll travel. Yeah, and then we'll uh, he'll throw in some free sauce. That way you don't have to pay for the shipping on the sauce. There just, you go. Gotcha. Just book the catering. Yeah. And you'll get go. the free rub, too, because it's, yeah. it's on the meat. Is there, for our listeners that are in the Charlotte, Concord, Matthews, Mooresville, is there a place where you, like, do you travel just in a certain location, or will you go wherever? I'll go where, I'll go wherever. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, I've got, I've done some stuff in Greenville, South Carolina. So, okay. you know, um, depending on what's going on, yeah, absolutely, I'll I'll travel. And you know, the rub, uh, we can go through the, you know, the flavor profiles of that rub. Yeah, let's do it. It's, uh, you know, we you, I think you, you mentioned open already, right? Yeah, you okay. mentioned something about, uh, you know, a, a certain flavor profile on the meat. This rub, and I don't know how I don't know how it happened, but it gives you three separate flavor profiles. For each type of meat, so hmm. on the on the pulled pork, you're getting the sweeter kind of sweet tinge from it. You still get the pepper. Pepper comes through on most all the meats, but the the pork rib it gives off more of a spi- uh, more of a spicy spicy flavor profile. Now the brisket, you get the full sweet and spice, mm-hmm. and it's the same that. rub. Uh, you know, however it works, I don't, I don't know. I'm not that that's, smart. But, that's chemistry. Yeah, that's like again, I'm not that smart. It's just that's how it worked out because you can taste the three, the three meats, and everybody said, "Well, do you have a rib rub or a or a brisket rub?" No, it's it's all the same rub, same but it one. gives you three different flavor profiles. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Accidents happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad at math, chemistry, anything really that you have to use your brain for, I'm horrible at. So I'll just take your word for it and, and try it on the different ones. Fantastic. Eric, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for we bringing really it in. really appreciate around. it. Yeah. Dinner. I appreciate it, guys. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. My wife's out of town, so I didn't know I was going to eat tonight. <laughs> nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and, guys, legitimately, this this barbecue is fantastic. If you need a catering event, uh, you have an event coming up, Jonathan, you should have used this guy for your wedding. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll try. You know what? Just call it off. We'll start all over. We'll get a new wedding booked, and then we'll put him as, as your caterer because we got to do that. Um, seriously, go to our sponsor section of our website. You'll see all of his information there. We'll put it in the show notes. You can find it there as well. But if you want a fantastic rub, we're working on the sauce. If you need a caterer, 
1812 barbecue because this stuff is fantastic. I want to try the, the coleslaw now. Thank you. I'll and, get you. I'll, and we'll, the we'll get pudding. it. We'll get it. We'll get it in here. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you can ship internationally too for rubs too. I'm we'll sure figure you, it out. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, again, we'll figure, we'll it, figure out. it out. There you go. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us, Eric. Yes. We appreciate that. Yeah. Thank cool. you guys for the invite. Yeah. Once again, we appreciate you guys listening to the Southern Fry Philosophy. You can go to our website at southernfryphilosophy.com. Um, you can see all our show notes there. So if mm-hmm. you guys missed anything with Eric um, or 1812, you can go there, click on the episode, and we'll basically link you there. And, yeah. And uh, just go to Easy check peasy. them out. Yeah. Also, uh, go to our Facebook page at Southern Fry Philosophy. Go to um, anywhere you listen to a podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, our new favorite one, Podcoin. Cha-ching! Yep. So you can go to any of those uh, podcast aggregators. Just click on there. Look for, do the old magnifying glass. Do search uh, Southern Fry Philosophy. Uh, subscribe. Give a like. Uh, whatever. Once you subscribe, our new episodes will always load up Monday mm-hmm. morning or sometimes easy, early easy. if we accidentally do that. Um, but yeah, you get those. You get those podcasts first thing for your drive in on Mondays. And uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Just keep on sharing those favorite episodes. And like I've been mentioning for the last few things, in tribute for my uh, my donors family uh lisa and my heart donor uh jamie we appreciate you guys um go out and be a be a hero in someone's life make sure you got your organ donor organ donor uh, checked on your driver's license or state id or your moped license whatever you may have just make sure you got that organ donor card registry um you can be a turd in this life but you can save someone if you don't happen to be around for too much longer and um like i said my my hat's off my heart out to uh my donor family and we love you guys And uh, as always, keep looking up.